0: Minute five, four. Minute
1: five.
0: Five. So you've just freshly. Yeah.
1: Well, freshly so minute five. this
0: minute.
1: You know, leads off for it where he's just got out of the taxi.
0: That's it. And
1: okay. um, he walks towards uh, a door, and there's a, so next. I was, I was I was doing some sort of background things going on in the in the, in the scene research, and we see there's a there's a shop called Le Écretoir. Le I can't I can't yeah so you have to you have to correct all my terrible French pronunciation where I'm going Lays and stuff like that oh I
0: know what I know where that is actually Le L'Equitoire
1: ah yeah well I looked it up so yeah it's it's near to where you used to be it's on Rue Saint Martin is it a cafe no it's a it's a um it's a paper shop news agent yeah Mm. but
0: or maybe that's just a general name for it actually yeah it's been going
1: since 1975 and has its own website which we can put in the show notes oh cool um yeah
0: it's it's number 64 isn't
1: it yeah and uh yeah so he goes into number 64
0: and there's a thing did you find out what the thing on the left of the door i couldn't read it all it's something africa or africa
1: it it looked like it was probably something like a mobile phone shop or something you know where they or some sort of thing where you stuff like send money or credits to yeah
0: um
1: so then the taxi drives off and one of the things which this is uh, there's probably this i don't know enough about movies but it's kind of like we're left as the as the viewer we're left in the taxi so we're actually still yeah, in the front I seat kind of like looking over yeah. And so it's kind of like we're sort of leaving him behind mm. yeah it's an interesting
0: shot him. to do i don't yeah. know why it's just a few seconds and then they pan out down the street as well so they kind of yeah. go out of the taxi and you're like round the corner and seeing people yeah. walk past which is quite strange
1: and um, then we're inside the flat
0: Yeah. And he's trying to get out. in.
1: And so it's, yeah, it's kind of strange because like, I guess sometimes like a film is shot where, you know, it's almost just like you will just pick a kind of point in the room that just covers the room nicely and then sort of mm. just things take place, which is a bit like you're kind of seeing a, a play or something because it's just like you have a good seat and the audience and you just remain most basically in that seat. And then yeah. it kind of cuts maybe to close-ups, but you don't really feel that like the, the viewer has any kind of, degree of sort of personality or or like Mm. presence but with this you know when you start doing things like that yeah it also gives you
0: that feeling of uh i wonder if it it makes it seem like the character is kind of maybe that's stretching it a bit but sort of being manipulated in a sense you know it's like something is watching them like a god like you've got like an omnipotent yeah uh presence that's kind of just watching them go through these things and they're kind of powerless
1: yeah i think we'll have to definitely look it up because i bet there's a word for this because it's not all the shots Mm. as well it's definitely like when it's like looking at him coming through the door but then immediately after that it then switches to well this this woman then kind of opens the door and sort of and kind of very quickly as well addresses him saying you know who are you? What's your name, or something? Is that right
0: in French? Yeah. Well, I had to. Um, I didn't have subtitles, so I was just trying to work out my French. But she's. Um, they've got those like really nice French lattice ironwork doors. That should maybe it's really reminiscent. Um, and she's like a. And I couldn't remember the name for it. And I think it's like a gardienne.
1: Is all oh, I can like think of. Um,
0: yeah, like uh, or con- oh, concierge. I don't know if it's concierge. That sounds too fancy.
1: I, yeah, feel like I feel there's like there's
0: another name for it, but it, it's this thing that still existed when I lived in Paris. It's quite old fashioned, but they'd usually, they have they're New essentially York a housekeeper. Well. Yeah. Because
1: in New York, it's it's quite common to have a, yeah, a superintendent, which they just yes. call the super.
0: Yeah, super. And they
1: take care of things like, you know, if it's, a, if it's a large enough building, then they take care of things like ensuring the heating system. Is yeah.
0: Working. Yeah. Um, and cleaning and like fixing yeah. things. And they live in the building. And in, yeah, so in they Paris, they're usually, rent. yeah, like an old... So it's feels sort of old fashioned. They, they've got a reputation for being really strict. They're like a strict housekeeper, like a old man or an old woman. Um, and so she's, that's what her job is. And she's, she says something like, what are you doing to my door? Um, we're going to break my door. Cause he's uh, rattling right. it and trying to get in. And then she opens it and she says something like, um, what do you want? We have a, and he's, he, he sort of mumbles something. She's like, we've, we've already got a guy. We've had a guy. We don't need another one. I think that's what she says. But I you don't know, because my French was she's speaking very fast. <laughs> yeah. Um
1: Madame
0: And oh, then I can't, I don't want to go over. She says uh Oh, yeah, so what, she realizes who she who he is.
1: Yeah, yeah. So no, she, she says, yeah. um, yeah, he says he's Stefan, And then immediately she also says, ah, c'est toi. You know, so yeah. uh, my limited French sort of is now very familiar. And they hug, but no kiss, which I noticed, which I was like, oh.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. It sort
1: of seemed a bit of an American-style greeting to kind of do But this I don't hug. know if
0: you've noticed already, like, he's not French. Right. That's true. Uh, and he, she says, like, oh, look at your eyes. You're almost a man now. Like, she, like, looks at his handsome face. This you. You've always um, uh, I think that's what it is. I don't know. I didn't have the subtitles. Is that what it said on subtitles?
1: I don't know. Uh, the subtitles don't come up for the French, so they just...
0: Oh, just, just interesting.
1: It yeah, it sort of says useless things like... You oh, know.
0: you're going to have to rely on... Them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what she says. She's like, oh, these eyes. Oh, God, you're almost a man now. And he sort of gets embarrassed. Um, I, lo- I actually listened to a little bit of... Uh, the. The commentary of, it's Michelle, Gondry, Gael, and Charlotte Ganswell talking, and I just listened for that little first bit. Um, and apparently this apartment is, uh, the apartment, what it, I couldn't really work out because he said it in English. He said, well, it's my, the mother of my child lives there. So I don't know if they're not together or something, but um, it's his apartment anyway that they filmed it in. So it's an actual, oh, really? and the woman is, someone real <laughs> um maybe not can't remember
1: i was trying to find it because i mean also in um i was thinking in Annalie there's there's a, a similar thing where there's the the superintendent woman is in her uh-huh. building because she has that sort of thing with uh like you know sort of can't walk out of, the, out of the building without going past her doorway and so she's always yeah. like talking her ear off and you know sort of saying about her, her poor love life and um you know in the end she sort of has that thing where she sort of del- fakes sort of makes that letter cut up from old bits of her letter to sort of make it seem mm. as if her long lost husband was desperately in love and was gonna reunite things but died in a plane crash i think or something. Oh, uh, yeah. i was trying to find, find if they had an, an another name other than superintendent i think you're right there is a
0: in french su- yeah it's either guardian i think it's guardian It just, you know, when you sort of have something on the tip of your brain and then you're just like, that's not quite it, but maybe it is. I asked my friend who grew up in France and she couldn't, but she, maybe it's a like Parisian thing more than, I don't think they'd have them in the Alps because you wouldn't have flats. Um, But there were some, some people I knew, they still had them. I don't think I ever lived anywhere that had one. Mm, Or they, what they often had was... A flat that used to be occupied by someone who did that job, but I think they'd kind of gone out of style. Which is kind of sad in a way. It's like a nice, it's a nice tradition. Um yeah. because this woman obviously like knows him. It's not just that she like works there, she's like fond of him. Uh yeah. because they hug. Uh apparently this is the 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 last scene that they shot, this first one. Oh really? Yeah. First one. Um so going into the apartment and the one thing I was going to say about, like we didn't um, talk about, cause I hadn't, I hadn't read about it, but the, the opening with the spin painting,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, the reason he did that, he said he wanted it to be like, um, a hypnagogic hallucination. Is that, is uh, that yeah. am I saying that right? So when you are like falling asleep or when you close your eyes in the dark, or like if you press your eyelids, you get those like uh, flashes of color. That's what we, mm-hmm. he wanted to approximate that. That's why he did those like colors. Um,
1: um, did i tell you, I'm working on something like this for my projects as well. Are you? I'm working on hypnosis glasses. Um,
0: oh yeah, you said, oh cool. Yeah.
1: So it's kind of following on from, there was this, uh, so the way I found out, I, I was given a pair of glasses at this um, hacker conference many years ago and tried them out and I was like, wow, this is kind of crazy and trippy. And so my idea was basically just to make a sort a of better version of those. Uh, and then I sort of researched more and, um, and there's this sort of the flicker machine. I think I started saying about this and, and sort of Brian Geisen, um mm. and some of the beat poets were into it. So, uh, yeah, but that that kind of So does of, it
0: bring on, is it supposed to bring on hallucinations? Is yeah, that the idea? Yeah. So it's like taking a trip without taking drugs?
1: Yeah. Or and, like um,
0: reproducing drug trips without...
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's well, because it's, it's it's interesting, actually, I was going to also mention how that I've been listening to this other podcast. Um, called, oh, yeah, uh, I, I didn't it's look called. It up? called Weird... I forgot what it's called, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> weird things. Um, Weird something. Weird... Where's my podcast at? But, uh, anyway, and they they talk weird studies, That's it. And okay. so they talk quite a lot about, um, because it's kind of relevant in that they're talking particularly in like, a few episodes around, around Jung, and mm-hmm. And quite a lot of it is about sort of ideas around sleep and dreams. And they were sort of talking about how, like, the sort of the difference between kind of drug-induced um, sort of trips and and kind of just uh, and and dreams. And so, sort of saying, you know, when weird things happen to you in a dream, it's kind of you're not really yourself. You know, in a dream, you're someone else. And they were saying that in a when you have a drug trip, it's you. So. Okay. It's your kind of conscious self that is experiencing. Why are you
0: someone else in a dream?
1: Well, the, it, it, in your dream, you're your subconscious self. Oh, okay. And in in, re, in a trip, you're your conscious self. And so they were saying that, you know, like, if you can have oh, a really bad dream and you just kind of forget about it, but you have a bad trip and it can, like, screw you up for life, you know, kind of thing. Oh. Which was an interesting way of thinking about it.
0: I don't really... Um, that, that's interesting. Is Do you think that's true? I don't how is it your, isn't it the same? Like if you, or do you are, think you are tripping, yourself your yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. I thought, well, the Freudian analysis is that everyone in your dream is you.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Is that Freud? Actually, I don't know if that's Freud well, or Jung.
1: Uh, I don't, it doesn't sound, it sounds more Freud than, than Jung. Yeah, cause... I think it's Freud, which but, uh... I kind of
0: buy more than something else. Like, Mm, I think Jung kind of got into a little bit of these things that were kind of discredited, weren't they, where he had a lot of, um, well, I think the thing that was discredited was that he claimed all these studies and he'd made some of them up about universal, <laughs> a collective unconscious. Yeah. Where he was like, you know, we all have the same dreams no matter where we're from. Right. Not dreams, not just dreams, but like, uh, yeah, an unconscious. So yeah. sort of fears and things like that I but he, yeah he just kind of made up the study to fit his, I mean some right. of it is true like, but he he didn't have the science to back it up essentially
1: uh, I think it's tricky because there's a lot of things which are kind of true but sort of not not true always yeah. enough to be provable yeah. or that they're difficult to prove anyway but um, yeah so I'd, I, anyway I'd, I would recommend their their podcast, I forget oh, cool. which episode it is but they're, they're, it's a, there's a two part one which is on where they're talking about his um Jung's uh um essay on the relations of analytical psychology to poetry, which as they say sounds a very boring title but is actually uh, interesting <laughs> and pretty pretty short and readable. Very readable So essay. what are their
0: normal what's the what links their things? They just talk about different
1: Yeah, they're I forget they're I think they're both professors Lewis. of which although professors is different title in the US, but it's um
0: Oh is it?
1: Yeah, that well I mean in that like everyone who works at a, University as a professor. Oh, okay. And uh, a professor, Phil Phil Ford and writer, filmmaker, J.F. Martell, discuss a series of conversations on art philosophy dwelling on ideas that are hard to think and art that opens up rifts in what we are pleased to call reality.
0: Ooh. Um,
1: But yeah, it's interesting, everyone, um, yeah, there's quite a few which look good. Yeah, the Dreams and the Underworld was interesting. Oh, yeah there's a lot of episodes I'm uh,
0: I'm really interested in it's um, it's not really dreams but it's sort of linked in a way because it's this idea of the collective unconscious I suppose um of fairy tales I used to get really into that and like Marina Warner has a really brilliant book and from the beast to the blonde I think it is about um like archetypes in fairy fairy stories and how how they've become about and it's like very because lots of these stories they were oral stories collected by people so there's a kind of layer of the people who collected them uh obviously added their own things and added their own bias but if you kind of look around the world there are these common themes um Mm -hmm. and i find them i find them quite interesting and they are kind of linked to dreams because when you, you have these sort of archetypes and dream things that represent particular fears or like I don't know I suppose it's just like basic human
1: yeah but there's interesting things dreams, I need to look at but... a lot at. there's sort of some of the studies because um, someone else just got in touch in the building because they were doing some anthropological study and I was saying about oh. how this and they were like oh you do you know about they were like, oh you must have read all about the the, the dreams of the aboriginals oh
0: and I was yeah like, dream time
1: oh, yeah but, um, so but yeah sort of these sort of how dreams Sort of, um, you know, their sort of importance and relevance in in other mm. sort of cultures, which have been more sort of preserved or isolated.
0: Mm. So, what was your octopus dream?
1: Tonight, I'll show you how dreams are prepared. Oh, I, I just dreamt. Well, I think really the octopus. Now, I think back. I think it probably was really my cat, because this, oh. this octopus was kind of it, it, as as things quite often in my dreams, um, kind of fly, but more like float. So it's more like I'm <laughs> underwater.
0: Cool.
1: So. Um, so just like the way you know, if if you were a, if you were a fish, it's kind of like the idea of flying wouldn't really make much sense because everything kind of flies. If you were a
0: flying fish,
1: you don't well, you don't think about the water. That's true, but I mean, I, but you know, if you if you don't, yeah. if a fish wouldn't think necessarily about going outside of water. Although they surprisingly do jump out of water quite often. Mm. But um, but in that sense, you know, that kind of like having up motion, you know, is it sort of being able to to move into three mm. space in the way that we're anchored to the ground from gravity. Would be a different concept, and so quite often, my uh, dreams are like that where things are just floating. Um, you were
0: a fish so, in, in a previous I, life or
1: something, <laughs> I don't know, maybe. <laughs> How weird. So in, in that. The, the, so, the octopus was able to move like it was in water, which wow. I guess means that I'm in water too, perhaps. Did it have I'm a face? Breathing like normally, yeah, it was just like a normal, a normal octopus. It was what it was quite, it was you but know, the way they're freaky, yeah, they are a bit, yeah. It's one that also you know, the way some are just like really just like a head and legs. This one yeah. had that thing where it has that, quite a lot of that stretchy skin that goes between its, um, I it. I find them a bit frightening. Was it not frightening? Yeah, it was a bit frightening. It, it was because it was kind of going to my face and I thought it was going oh, to kind of like God. envelop me, but it, it was just trying to get a grip really. And so once it had like settled down, <laughs> just, uh, which as what? I said, that's why I think it's like my cat. Cause it's like when my cat, okay. my cat sometimes sits on my shoulders
0: uh, and it's like get,
1: getting onto my shoulders yeah, can yeah, be yeah. like a scrabbly kind of clawy mess and can be quite painful. once she's up there and she settles down then it's all quite good
0: okay my cat
1: is just sneaking into the bed right now she likes to sometimes she she likes to check it out and just sort of see if there's a gap between the pillows and whether she can like
0: that sounds so nice (laughs) i dreamt that i was picking up all these things from a playground like little objects that i was really interested in that had been left behind like one of them was like a tiny plastic heads that had a really cool expression and then like old tickets and like little items and i was like collecting them up. but i had loads of bags and like a really heavy duffel coat um and then and everybody else around me was taking part in this sort of drum circle and then like dancing in pairs and i was like oh glad i'm not doing that <laughs> And I was like, rooting around on the ground between them, picking up all this stuff, yeah. And then um, I saw, um, and then Omar made an appearance, <laughs> and then I have to leave him out, and I was like, oh, not now, I, to, I look really crap, my hair's really rubbish, I don't want to bump into him now, but I was like, all oh, right. right. Um, and he was like, characteristically sort of evasive, even when he came over, he was like, oh like, even though we hadn't seen each other for years. And he was like, Oh do you wanna get a coffee? And I was like, Yeah, I've got quite a lot of things. And I had like four bags and like two coats and all these little things that I'd picked up. <laughs> and it was really um like unfortunate timing. And I, I woke
1: dreams, up in dreams I'm quite disembodied as well. Or, or it's like in the Oh, I'm not I, but but I don't see my own body. You know, so it's just like I even if my... I'm doing something, I don't see hands i know
0: what i'm wearing i don't like see myself but i know that i'm there yeah. and i'm walking around and i kind of am aware of my i'm not like yeah disembodied wow that's quite cool that's how... is it relaxing because i find i don't know
1: what the swimming idea
0: or yeah that idea of sort of float being floaty
1: yeah it can be really nice
0: because <laughs> i'm i feel quite tired yeah, sometimes a, when i wake a wait
1: up list. Yeah. Um I've I haven't actually shown you yet, but I'm also working on a kind of thing to visualize. maybe I have shown you. I don't know, Yeah,
0: you showed me with dreams. like coloured light. That's really cool.
1: Oh yeah. So I'm also doing a kind of map to mm. dreams, which uh, I've got I've got so many notes somewhere else. There was this there was this woman some years ago who was doing maps to dreams, so they're very they're quite different. They're, these are they're sort of a bit like astrological maps. Mm. Um, so. I found
0: a dream I found my old diaries this week. Um and I went through this box and I found like Oh God, so many diaries, but I found my diary from when I was about 11 to 14 or something. Um, and I had all these. I'd written down all these dreams and it was really weird to read, read dreams from that long ago. Um, and you can kind of see like, I mean, it's not only people in them that are not in my life now, but also the kind of fears that you have at that age or the things that you're worried about, like, and I've interpreted them at the bottom and there's one like nightmare. I always had nightmares <laughs> my whole life, but there's this one and it's so about that period of your life when you're kind of, cause I think it, or maybe this was a bit later because it was when I was taking options or something or deciding what to do, what subjects to take.
1: Mm-hmm. And so
0: it's all about like decision-making and if I'm going to make the wrong decision and um, there's these like dolls driving this car and it's really terrifying and the, and they, the dolls look really freaky and they all look round and look at me. <laughs> ah
1: yeah. <laughs> um interesting. That's interesting you've got your you've got dream from um, that mm. I, I was um
0: I could read it to you. I don't know if it would be boring. Yeah. No that'd be
1: interesting. Look at it? The, um, well I you know I've been I've been sort of collecting dreams from um throat gurgle there, um, <laughs> yeah. Collecting dreams, there's there's a couple of databases online. There's there's DreamBase mm. and Sleep and Dream Database. And um, the there the thing that's is kind of annoying is is like the lack of good metadata. It's it's tricky to sort of you know so sort of tie in the text of the dream back to other attributes about mm. the person who dreamt it. Yeah. Anyway, so like one of the ones they have is says this person called Izzy, and they have them at different ages. And so they have oh, cool. dreams like 12 to 22. And one of the things that's quite interesting is because I was doing this really just to, to try and because the, the thing I'm doing for my map is to kind of extract words that are used in dreams and the kind of distances between the words are sort of the relationships that exist within the sort of context in which they're used in dreams. So, I, you know, like the thinking is that sort of the the, the, the relationships between words and dreams is different to the relationships we have in non dream sort of texts yeah and sort of showing you know the way that terms are related and there's some sort of interesting algorithms which are sort of a bit like how modern search engines work as to how sort of words are related
0: oh well also that's such a cultural thing isn't it and such a thing of the time and it feeds on itself because it's a bit like when people have uh these so-called kind of experiences of aliens or something it's like that thing of like what an alien looks like or what a spaceship looks like and once one person has said well this is what an alien looks like everyone's like yeah they look like this and it's like that's the same because people it's kind of been planted in someone's head and it's the same with words we get these kind of phrases and that are so part of our how we express what we feel. And it's quite hard to get outside of that and to make it personal and not just general. I suppose if you are a writer and you spend time crafting words, then you can kind of try to express it differently. But generally people will just kind of use the language that everyone uses. So it becomes, yeah more about how people talk than about the actual dream.
1: Yeah, I and mean, that's the thing that's always, yeah, as to like how <clears throat> the expressivity, you know, would sort of obviously put bounds as to what we can talk about anyway and, and how we yeah. do it. But yeah, it was, it was interesting looking at her dreams because you can sort of see, because one of the things I looked at as well is like by taking each each dream and then splitting it up into individual um, words or terms. And then also just looking at how many unique terms there are oh, in each dream. yeah. And it's interesting because it really it really jumps up at around age 17 as well. It's interesting. because What I, do you I mean it jumps up? So, it, well, so like the number of unique terms in a dream. Oh, from a bigger average. vocabulary. Yeah, that's it. And so it's really interesting, interesting that suddenly, you know, that your dreams, you know, both your vocabulary expands and presumably and maybe also yeah. sort of the depth of I
0: wonder if you do, projects. I should know about that actually. I think in education, there are studies about, well, that's, that's much younger, but I don't know if that goes on happening. Like your vocab, you children get bursts of vocabulary if they are, like if they are healthy and happy, you know, in an environment where they're around uh, people talking, but they should, they get like different ages when they'll get like a, a load of vocabulary. Yeah. It will just increase and then it will kind of plateau and then it'll increase again. But I don't know about that when you get that much older. This is my theme then. Awesome. Um,
1: There's like lots lots of things um in life where, you know, you can get competent at it, but to stay good at it, you have to kind of keep practicing. And, you know, that's the same with sports or music. Or vocabulary. Yeah, and I think it's yeah. the same with vocabulary as well. It's like yeah. if you don't keep reading and, and writing, yeah. I mean it, certainly you have to keep reading because it's like I found that a lot with, with sort of certain academic texts they do like to use fancy words mm. and then you know i'm constantly going through and being like oh what does that mean i mean or even if it's like i know broadly what i mean i'm like let me just check yeah the like reading know, philosophy
0: also- if you ever tried to read like pure philosophy it's just so hard and it's a different way of reading as well that like, i can't get my head around you can't just read it you have to study it and it's like yeah. a whole phraseology that's different as well but in them when we do gcses i had to do this one year actually when we get the text for the students um there was one year when there's just the because they all different schools have different texts that they can choose from and then they have an unseen piece of writing and obviously it's supposed to be geared for their age but they differ enormously like some some of the texts that they chose some of the samples were so much easier and the one we got was so difficult and i had to look it up i mean i don't see this is the kind of thing that i'm, I'm sort of interested in but i find it a bit uh I'm not sure like who is deciding it. Like when they say reading ages of like this is this book is the reading age of this. Well you can you can put a load of text into like a a sample form online and it will tell you what reading age it is. And there's certain words that are just beyond, you know, like a 15 year old is not going to know what this word is. Um, and yeah, it was interesting because the different texts that they've chosen some of them came up as like reading age eight and the one that we had it was like we we put through a kind of um like we questioned it we queried it because the reading age was like 20 or something it was just like no way that a 15 year old is going to understand any of the, these words cat cat
1: cat just interrupting the recording
0: <laughs> but i don't know who decides that like that these words are too hard for a 15 year old.
1: Yeah. Like well, someone's job those, is
0: to be, to go through, I don't know, it's very- There's those
1: scores as well. Um, I think it might be one of the, I can't remember what it's called, but there's, I mean, you, you get it in, in Microsoft Word ages ago, but there's sort of like reading scores, where, yeah. which is surprisingly, is nothing actually to do with the, uh, it doesn't actually look at the words. It's something like it just measures the number of words in a number of terms in a sentence and how many of them are above, you know, so many letters long? So it's really just that longer words are more complex, um, and from just that comes a bit Not true. Of um, yeah, just I think it's, long not, to... it's not, like, Yeah, I know. Uh, generally, like
0: yeah,
1: or something like that is a yeah. long word, but it's very or, easy to understand. Yeah,
0: but
1: I think they're sort of saying. But if you average it over over a whole book, it kind of is quite reasonable. Um, kind of uh idea you know that if you if you look at sort of books because it only it only varies slightly because i know ages that's one of the few things i think i'm gonna have a look see if i can
0: it depends what you get taught because as well when we teach poetry there are some <clears throat> poems you know the romantics everything that they referred to they knew and assumed that everyone reading their poems would have just learned this. they would have learnt latin they would have learnt the classics they would have learnt you know, Greek myths, they would have just known them inside out. Um, and now we have all these like layers of things that we just don't get taught in schools. We don't understand. We don't know what the Latin's referring to. Um, and it makes it seem really complicated. But at the time it was just, well, that's people reading the poems would just know what that was. They wouldn't have had to decode it. Yeah. That's quite interesting. Actually this dream, looking at it again, is not that interesting. It does sound quite scary. It's a Sunday dream as well. And it says, uh, maybe fear of exams. So maybe it was like exam season on a Sunday. So that's probably, <laughs> um, I went to some sort of club mirror at the top man said, you're pretty and be careful or something walking along road, silver car drove past with no one in it. No one driving shit scared with Amy. She went with Bastion. That's my brother, mom and Becky listening to Walkman. Saw her car again screamed. It drove past again with two dolls in each seat. With open mouths saying, Are you taking science? No, chemistry, A, B, S, C. <laughs> so scared I couldn't move or talk. Becky said, Maybe the beast started it off. Woke up in a sweat and tense, scared. <laughs> and my wow. interpretation at the time
1: was, What age is that?
0: Well, must have been 15 if it's exams, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Said so exams, maybe no one in car, loneliness. Maybe fear of being lonely, dolls equals childhood. What to take next year? Oh no, line 14 then. Beast from Lord of the Flies. (laughs) That's probably true. That's quite cool. It's like of the time.
1: (laughs) You'll have to type them all up and submit them into my. uh,
0: Yeah, maybe. Still, that's just so cringy. Oh my God, just not as cringy as the poetry. I copied all of the poems. I had about 10 poems in these diaries. It's so embarrassing. I mean, they're like, if you were to make up like teenage poetry, you know, like Adrian Mole or something, I mean, this is I just, they're literally, the titles are like, The Stream of Life, Ode to. Ode to those I fancy. <laughs> Ode to kings, a nightclub. Um, lonely girl, misunderstood. So <laughs> pathetic. They're so yeah, bad. They're you can't so be
1: your own bad. judge, as well. They, they might, they might seem. No. You know, it's because you're uh, Without I... a different context. Who knows?
0: No, they're so bad.
1: They're probably, <laughs> I but could maybe do you a said reading bad. of them. Right, well, let's not read them out all right wait back to the podcast no back to the, the not the podcast we're on the podcast i mean not back to the film that's the film. um
0: yeah where do we get so he's gone i was gonna
1: say so they walk up the staircase together yeah
0: this lovely spiral it's, staircase
1: yeah which are common in paris you used to yeah. live your, your, your staircase was similar to that yeah and um and then they open a, open an apartment she turns on the light and on the left or her their left sorry so our right is uh a poster for Sabolan.
0: Yeah, Sabourin. I looked Sabourin. that. Did you look it up? I mean, yeah, I, I wrote is, it down, but
1: Emily Emily, Emily uh, Sabolan is a an painter. artist. Mm. Yeah.
0: So it looks and like an exposition. That was... Um, that's French. Yeah. Uh, a, a, what's it word? <laughs> Exhibition. Exhibition. Yeah. Mm. Um. Yeah. It's so you can also see that You can see that it's like a lived-in apartment, though, can't you? Like the stuff yeah. everywhere, and there's like photos on the walls and things.
1: Yeah, is that Which it? And she
0: of, just comes she in. It's
1: like the top apartment. It's like the. Hmm. Do, they, do they get cheaper or more expensive? Because, in, you know, in a, in a building that has a lift, the higher the floor, it tends to be the more expensive it is because you have a better view. Well, then, but when you yeah. have a staircase, it's kind of it tends to be it's cheaper because you like nobody wants to walk up all the stairs. It's more
0: like in those old because they're converted right from big houses, and at right. the very top, lots of my friends would live in uh essentially the maid's room right Right. at the top so like on the eighth floor or something and it'd be like a tiny attic room um like tiny like 10 square meters (laughs) this is what people lived in in paris it's ridiculous the things that they rented out like i remember going to look at this room once that was literally a broom cupboard that had been like it was a cupboard that had been made into a flat it was like 400 euros a month and the one flat that i lived in i shared uh with jonathan and it was 10 square meters and it had no toilet in it you had to go down the corridor to a toilet shared toilet um and had like a sort of shower somehow in the corner and like a hot plate and sort of bunk beds and at one point we had two other people staying in the flat so there was four of us because there was this weird guy, Alien Mike, who lived underneath the, <laughs> underneath the bed. Well,
1: he weird lived American
0: bed. guy who was believed in aliens, and he spent his whole time just listening to the radio. And like, I don't really understand, but like, he was listening out for like other people, alien spotters, who <laughs> who were like getting news of an alien landing. This sounds like I'm making it up. I promise you, this is real. A real man. And he was really nice. He was one of these people. It's just like normal, normal, normal. And you're like, oh, he's really lovely. And then gradually the conversation would just steer into madness and you wouldn't realize it was happening. So you'd just be talking to him. And then before you knew it, he'd be just casually talking about like aliens walking around amongst us. And while I was, while he was there, he got some like news of some alien thing that was supposed to happen. He was really excited. And he went out in the middle of the night and there was nothing. <laughs> so anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so this flat, I would say, is not, I mean, it's probably, it probably is worth quite a lot, but it, it's not very fancy. It doesn't seem very big.
1: Yeah.
0: Did you, w- did you worked out where it was, didn't you? Ru- Saint Martin. Which was, which apartment? Wasn't I
1: don't it? know. It's, wasn't it's...
0: it, um, wasn't it in the 5th? Near the, I mean, near the Sorbonne?
1: Yeah, it's it's off just south of your old bookshop.
0: Yeah, so yeah, so the fifth, which is quite posh, because it's very central. Oh, that's the cat
1: biscuit machine.
0: <laughs> cat biscuits? It's too hot for cat biscuits. They're too dry.
1: That's interesting, though, that we know it's his apartment, or you know, an apartment that is kind of related to him. That we can, uh,
0: Gondry, yeah. We
1: should keep a really kind of close eye because actually, I'm just looking at the last frame, and there's like a mirror on the left, and there's a picture tucked in. She looks like a, a young boy.
0: Yeah, well, I'm wondering if that's his son, because mm. that's what he said. It's his son, and his wife lives there. He didn't say he lived there, but. Um, um, and when he's got a, he's got a portfolio under his arm. Yeah, and it says. Intestino crueso.
1: Oh, oh. In Spanish, oh I don't
0: know what that means.
1: I was trying to read it. Big but... pig
0: writing, but I don't right. know any Spanish. Oh, that's the other weird shot thing. So we like see him from inside the flat getting in and then he comes in and then we watch them go up the stairs and they're at the bottom of the staircase and we see yeah. them dis- they disappear out of shot and we're still looking at the staircase. One yeah. thing I might say about that is that I don't know about the outside shot, but because I know this is quite um, fairly low budget, and uh, listening to the commentary, they were saying that they had they had to they had to use like they couldn't use fixed cameras because they're like going places, and I wonder if it's just practicality actually because <laughs> you're on a spiral staircase, you can't yeah, follow true. someone up a spiral staircase and film them. It would just You'd be well, too close and it would be readable. Yeah,
1: yeah you'd need too, too many bloody rails and it yeah. would just look horrible, probably.
0: Yeah.
1: It's interesting that this woman's, Emily's uh, work, so she was from 1900 to 1996. So you can imagine that maybe I think this it's a poster... man. Oh, is it? Emma? Yeah, Sorry. and it's
0: not likely to be a woman because they weren't really uh,
1: French painter. Uh, yes, you're right, son of a physician.
0: Is that the end of the minute then? They just get into the flat?
1: Yeah,
0: that's it. Okay. Do you want to watch the next one? Right now. We can do, yeah. <laughs> Shall we fit? Have you got anything more on this one?
1: Are we still doing the podcast?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you want to?
1: I never know where, where this thing ends. I know. Shall we finish? Have some kind of like. <laughs> I know we side. need a.
0: um. <laughs>
1: <laughs> We're just gesturing.
0: Oh. Uh... No. Do you have anything more on this? No, there's nothing no, more. Is no. There? I,
1: I watch. I watch. I watch the next minute, and make notes, but I don't know whether we should continue talking. Yes. Why
0: so should we? should we? So, we um, should
1: definitely stop recording. So that okay. We so we can finish we work this. All
0: right. The so we leave them but coming Good. into the apartment.
1: Goodbye, listener.
0: Alrighty. <laughs>